In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. During my sophomore year of college, I traveled overseas for the first time. The person that I was dating was studying abroad in the UK for the semester. And so over Thanksgiving break, I went to visit her in London for what I imagined would be a romantic international getaway. Sadly, this was not the case. To make a very long story short, we broke up while I was there. And I spent most of the week wandering around London by myself in a haze of heartbreak. Don't worry, it worked out for the best. I'm happily married. And <laughs> she is as well, as far as I can tell. One day, I decided to visit Westminster Abbey, and I was trying without much success to forget my troubles, to lose myself in the beauty and the splendor and the history of that grand building. After I'd been there for some time, an announcement was made that there was going to be a midday Eucharist, and that anyone visiting the Abbey was welcome to join. So I decided to take a seat at the back of the congregation. And to be honest, most of that service didn't even register because I was still such, in such a cloud. But after the service, people were lining up to shake hands with the priest and say hello, as you do. And so I got in line and shook hands with the priest and said hello. He could tell from my accent that I wasn't British. He asked where I was from, and we struck up a bit of a conversation. And though I didn't say anything about my romantic woes, my guess is that this priest could tell that I was hurting and that I was in need of some friendly company. And perhaps that's why he invited me to continue our conversation. I accepted. And he said, okay, follow me. And he led me across the sanctuary and through a side door and up a back staircase and into this gigantic office. And it was at that moment that some puzzle pieces started to fall into place in my head. And I rather awkwardly turned to this priest and said in so many words, so who are you? <laughs> this priest was the very reverend Dr. John Hall, dean of Westminster Abbey and a chaplain to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. This highly exalted man 
with an endless string of titles and honors and degrees, this man who could have been spending his time that day with any number of important people, enjoying any number of elite luxuries, was that day, at that moment, simply being a pastor to a lonely, heartbroken teenager from another country who he would surely never see again, who, because of this, would never repay this kindness. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Today's gospel passage takes place during a Sabbath meal at a prominent Pharisee's house. It's important to note that in the ancient Near East, meals weren't just about food. No, they had, they had a key social function. They were full of ceremony and custom, and these rituals, they translated common values. They helped establish social hierarchy. And in the case of the Sabbath meal, they also communicated God's will. And so when Jesus provides this parable about seating arrangements, he's not just talking about chairs around a table. He is communicating a much larger message about motivations, why we really do what we do, and community, who we value and who belongs. And his challenge is that our motivation be humility, that we seek not to exalt ourselves, but to lift up others. And as to whom we should lift up, Jesus names those people who during his time were most likely to be excluded, the most likely to be in need, the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And what Jesus is suggesting is a real shock to the system. This is a true inversion of the popular logic of Palestine. Perhaps we can appreciate this shock more if we were to translate Jesus' parable into our own context. Suppose that instead of biblical banquets, Jesus was talking about 21st century customs that communicated our values, that determined our social hierarchies. Say something like human resources, hiring practices. Perhaps Jesus would say something like, and when you, hiring managers, when you are posting a position, do not seek those with Ivy League degrees, those with marketable skills, those with years of experience or prominent backgrounds, but instead, look, with those, look for those who do not even have a GED, those who are already working two jobs to make ends meet, those who do not speak English fluently. And you CEOs, you executive directors, you bosses, when it comes time for a staff meeting, sit at the back of the room and make sure that your salary is lower than anyone else's. And in terms of how you spend your days, clean the toilets and sweep the floors and get the coffee because your motivation, what ought to be driving you, is a desire to serve. <laughs> 
This is a hard teaching. It's a teaching that if I'm honest with myself, I don't think I'm ready for. It's hard in particular, I think, because it clashes so much with American culture, which preaches its own form of the gospel, a gospel of individualism, of self-made men, of a dog-eat-dog world, of looking out always for number one. A gospel that tells us that our, our happiness is tied with our own elevation, that the more money we earn, and the more achievements we accomplish, and the more stuff we accumulate, and the more attention we get, that this is what makes our life fulfilling. Today's gospel is an invitation. An invitation to go against our own cultural grain. To live not in a spirit of individualism, but mutuality. To imitate the lowliness of our servant savior. To trust that by humbling ourselves and by lifting up others, especially those in need, we are participating in our own small way in bringing about the kingdom of heaven. That contrary to the wisdom of this age, it is in dying to ourselves that we are born to life everlasting. As far as churches go, I think that our church here at the Chapel of the Cross, it's, it's rather pretty. It's no Westminster Abbey. But you know, I was reminded during that trip to London all those years ago, and I'm reminded again today by our gospel, that the times in my life where I have encountered the presence of God most acutely, it has not been while beholding the beauty of a building. No, it has been when I was on the receiving end of a simple, radical act of humility. And I am reminded that no matter our title, whether it is custodian or CEO, whether it is curate or chaplain to the queen, that no matter our credentials or lack thereof, there is no act of love that is too lowly for those of us who would call ourselves Christian. Amen. The Chapel of the Cross is an Episcopal church in the heart of Chapel Hill and the university community. Find out more at thechapelofthecross.org. There you can find our latest news and events, connect with our pastoral care team, Faith in Action Ministries, and offer a prayer request. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram at The Chapel of the Cross, and on Facebook and Twitter at C-O-T-C, Chapel Hill. May you be nourished by the word to serve in the world.